Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Cofield, busy, busy day on the way. Lots more follow-up on the Raiders draft, even more follow-up on the Vegas Golden Knights and some of the oddities of media availability closeout day yesterday. That was that was strange. And we got day two of Mentor Gate. We can all deal with this at the workplace, right? Hey, they bring in someone younger. You can either look at them as a threat to your gig and be a jerk. Or you can help them along because maybe someone did that for you. Or maybe someone didn't. But we'll get to that in the middle of the show. Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback, will join us. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Ace of season right around the corner, Willie. Right around the corner. We got Friday and Sunday games. Sunday is the home opener. Friday, the Mercury are going to be taking on the Aces. Uh, both franchises with super high expectations. And does it look like, again, a Vegas team is going to face an Arizona-based team? And one of our hometown ladies will be on the other side going against us? Isn't that something? It wasn't too long ago we were cheering for Lindy LaRock, the UNLV Lady Rebels, going up against Arizona, coached by Adia Barnes and led by Centennial Great Sam Thomas. Sam Thomas, uh, through my sources, has I've been told has made the opening night roster. Phoenix Mercury hosting Las Vegas this Friday. Um, I texted with Sam earlier this morning just to congratulate her because she is such a great person. And, of course, her sisters played for UNLV. So I'm excited for the AC season. I was out at media day, and I'm going to tell you what. I have seen this team since it's gotten here, and it's had talent. It's brought in talent. We've talked about you know different, different years. It's the most talented. But overall, I think this is the... Highest potential as far as as deep as this can go, and it starts with all due respect, former MVP and national champion Asia Wilson and all-time college scoring leader Kelsey Plum. It starts with Becky Hammond. It starts with the what Mark Davis has brought in in terms of the front office in Natalie Williams, in Nikki Fargus, in Becky Hammond. This is a power-packed organization. That is all in. And let me tell you something. The enthusiasm with the ladies from the other day, it is on high. It is on overflow. This is going to be a special team. We're going to have all the home games. I think we're working on additional games. We're going to have all the home games radio-wise right here on ESPN Las Vegas for the Aces. Like Willie said, they open up on Friday on the road. Home game, home opener, Mother's Day, May 8th. So you can listen right here on ESPN Las Vegas. And we'll have viewing parties for uh, for some of the road games. We will have one this Friday. So that'll be at Parkway Tavern, the Flamingo and 215 location, and Q Myers will be on the scene. We'll lay out the calendar for some other viewing parties coming up. Down the road with the Aces as the season is right around the corner. Uh, rookies and the guys drafted and the undrafted free agents are going to be reporting pretty soon to their teams. And... 
We're going to be having a bunch of them on. Savon Scarver is going to join us later this hour. He's a Centennial guy, Utah State guy, return specialist, Chicago Bear right now. Uh, he joins a group that includes, you know, Daniel Bellinger was drafted and Bubba Bolden and another guy who was drafted. And a lot of this is on upside because he had a tough time staying healthy. But I'll tell you, when he was healthy, Speedy Naylor at a Bishop Gorman mm. was a giant pain in the Big Ten's rear. And you had a story of what uh, the UNLV, well, kind of Vegas connection, yeah. maybe working for Speedy in the neat. war room with the Vikes. It was kind of neat. I read, I, you know, I was just, um, I was looking up stories for the locals all, all day. We're sitting out there in the draft room and, or in the Raiders room and throughout the day and then the next day, just looking up, you know, looking, Googling the names of stories. And um, to, I, it might have been when you said, hey, it, when you were booking out for this week, and I started looking up each name, so I wanted an article for each guy. And I said, you know, I, I saw this article come up. Vikings coach was pounding the counter for Speedy Naylor. Oh, wow. Pounding the counter! We got to get this guy! I look it up, and it's Vikings wide receiver, coach, Keenan McCardell, former UNLV great. He wanted Speedy Naylor. Whether or not it's a Vegas connection, where he, whether or not he pays attention now because he's from Unova, whatever the case is, I just found it fa- fascinating, and I thought it was kind of cool. because Helps he, to have friends in the organization, right? <laughs> or at least someone who might recognize you. Helps to see, helps to know that if, if somebody recognizes that that Las Vegas connection, Bishop Gorman, obviously, um, that it helps. And, and as you mentioned with Speedy, uh, this is a guy, I, I don't want to say he went under the radar because everybody knew who he was, but he just, you know, everybody was so, has been so focused on, on some of the other names at some of the other schools, and I think that he was a forgotten entity in how valuable and dangerous he is. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm really interested to see what he can do. Now, I don't want to throw names out there. You know I'm not a comparison guy, but there's, there's only one way to do this, and when you think about small bodies with a lot of speed and a lot of talent after the catch, this is a guy. This is a Tyreek Hill type of kid that I mean, as and he's going to have to progress and grow into stay healthy. that NFL. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy and grow into an NFL talent. Yep. But he has unlim- all the guys you just mentioned have unlimited potential, and we're going to talk to one later on in the show with incredible speed. And I got a great story about him. Uh, Raider story is Trayvon Mullen. Okay, uh, tweeted out a picture yesterday getting surgery. It wasn't like mid surgery like you, uh, <laughs> but a lot of people are like, oh, what's going on here? He's going to be okay. Do we know what the injury was? Or are we still kind of in mystery land on this one? Because he's been beat up the last couple of years. I did some poking. I, I didn't get any uh, feedback, so I'm not sure what it is. But I think that the casual nature of, of putting it out there, um, I think if it was serious, then it would be then there would be a there would have been no posts, no tweets, no message, whatever. Yeah. The, I, I think I think it's just more or less just in case I got out there. Hey, here you know, nipping it in the bud, and I'll be fine. And I think he'll be. You know, he'll be okay. I don't know about by OTAs because we don't know what it was. Yeah. Well, his health is massive because it's not like they went out and got, you know, two all-star cornerbacks to play on each side. They right. need top-level cornerbacks, and they need Trayvon Mullen to be healthy. Giveaway time. Caller 7364-1100-364-1100. We got a new team coming to town. We have all these professional teams. We never had lacrosse. Now we have lacrosse. Las Vegas Desert Dogs professional lacrosse team is coming. You can get some merch right now for the Desert Dogs. Talk to Ari. 364-1100. 
Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. As players, we take a lot of pride in, in winning, and as coaches, they take a lot of pride in And when you don't, I think everybody looks at themselves in the mirror and knows that changes are going to be made. But from ownership to management to, uh, to coaching staff to players, we all feel that we have a group uh, can contend in this league. And now it's about getting back to the uh, the hard work and culture and can't let things dip uh, any lower. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Yep, lay down the law in the real world. Lay down the law with the Golden Knights. Justin Watkins, ESPN Las Vegas legal insider up with Cofield. And Willie Ramirez. Justin, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you guys? We're good. We have a lot of questions about uh, clean-out day with VK. I don't know how much of it you read about. Did you get any impressions off of what DeBoer said where he's like, I'd like to come back, but I don't know if I'm coming back. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought DeBoer's was the most, I, I guess, revealing in that I think it's clear that he has not gotten the vote of confidence privately from the ownership. Otherwise, I think that would have sounded differently. Um, he also, I think finally took some responsibility for the way in which he described uh, Robin Leonard's health. Um, and I would think he's doing that to try to mend a fence uh, in order to stay back because <laughs> if if ownership thinks it's Leonard or DeBoer, I, my guess would be that DeBoer's gone uh, and that Leonard stays because I don't know that they could shop that contract. And I think the ownership believes in Leonard. Um, so I thought his was the most revealing. Most everybody else seemed to, you know, there was a lot of talk about injury. There was some talk about chemistry. Uh, and chemistry in the locker room, and that's interesting. Um, and it sort of harkened back to maybe Flurry and Reeves leaving and, and uh, Riley Smith being hurt a better part of the year that uh, chemistry suffered. Well, here's the thing. I'm not so sure that <clears throat> I'm putting I'm putting Peter DeBoer's poor choice of words the night that he came into the press conference and said he's fresh, he's healthy, he's got a lot of energy – onto him because that's how he worded it. But I'm not putting it on him that it was his idea and that's the image that was supposed to be projected. Because since day one when Gerard Gallant was this coach, they have been directed in how to address the media when it comes to injuries. They, in a sense, a few good men, they are given orders. There is no right or wrong. They are given orders. It doesn't matter if it's legal, illegal, right, wrong. This is what you do, and that's how you address the media. He did acknowledge that he shouldn't use the word healthy. Um, We questioned both him and Kelly McCrimmon. Shout out Dave Shane because Dave was relentless on Kelly. But in terms of the fact that he was not fresh and he did not have an energy. I asked Peter, I said, if you notice that he's uncomfortable, your words, he was. you saw that there was an uncomfortability in the net, but then you're talking to him in the locker room. Yes, we already know that professional athletes have a tenacity to want to be on the ice or the court or the field, and a, they want to be out there. We get that. But... Who is... Why, why is there such a a uh, disconnect in where, okay, if you notice what's best for the team because your goaltender is uncomfortable, okay, and yet your goaltender saying, no, I want to play, somebody's got to be pushing some buttons. 
and 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 I still think that there is some puppet strings being pulled above DeBoer in the team. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I, I do not think it was DeBoer's choice to play him um, in, in the last game that he started. And I do think he used that language of uncomfortability and tentativeness specifically to justify the change after the first period. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he was told he has to start Leonard. I mean, and, and his postgame press conference, I think he gives hints. I think DeBoer more so than Gallant actually gives hints about injuries and timelines. He has a certain, I think, code. You could almost decode what he's talking about and when to expect players back that maybe keeps ownership okay and, uh, with how he words things, but lets a little bit more information out than I think Gallant would. But um, I, I think it, for whatever reason, the ownership and the front office – has this allegiance to Robin Leonard. Uh, maybe it's because they don't want to be proven wrong on the Flurry Leonard situation, but I believe that, yes, they were directed to start Leonard, and I believe that um, that they were they want to stick with him moving forward. I think Leonard's going to be the starting goalie <laughs> on you know opening night next year. You're dead on, dead straight. That, that that's exactly right. They don't want to be proven wrong on the flurry situation. If the Jack Adams Award, which honors the coach of the year, was voted on by the Professional Hockey Writers Association, we submit five nominations. Justin Peter DeBoer would be on my list because what? he had to deal with thirty nine different players to come up with lineups, and you, they were in the playoff hunt in the second to the last game of the season. Your thoughts? Nah, I disagree. I mean, I I, I mean. I think he's been playing the same system of hockey at every one of his three stops as a head coach that, um, you know, they made some significant changes to the personnel to fit his system. And what his system has generated is long droughts of futility when we had the lineup and when we didn't. I'm talking about playoffs and not. I'm talking about beyond this year. And what it has done is absolutely killed special teams. And it's, and he's never had good special teams where he goes. And I personally am of the belief that no team will win the cup if you don't have a, a solid power play. And you could just look at all the past champions. They've all had decent to a to really good power plays, specifically in the playoffs. And we wouldn't even be sitting here talking about missing out on cups if they just had an average power play in the last two playoffs because they lost to inferior teams because they couldn't score. They had plenty of opportunities on power play and they couldn't cash in. And that's we are. This is year three of that under his system. So I, I disagree. I think either the personnel is not right for his system or his system has been more than figured out over his two decades in, in, in the league. And, from for my two cents, I think it's time to move on. Or it's time for him to move on from his assistant that runs a power play, Steve Spot. But he did though, right? They did. Uh, um, the uh, gosh, his name's slipping in my mind now. Craig. Ryan Craig wasn't he running the power play for the last two months? Yeah, but it's you know, still, so but to me, it's still it's still under the it's it, it's need. It, it, you're right. It needs an entire overhaul. But they were still in the playoff hunt with two games left under the system with no offensive firepower. Right, and if they could have scored a power play goal, they would have been in the playoffs. Right? Would they go two for their last thirty or something? They had an 0 for 15. I mean, well, I guess the last game, 
take out the last game in which they were already out of the playoffs where they scored seven goals. If you take that out, I think they had two power play goals in their last 30-something chances, and they lost to teams like Buffalo, Philadelphia, San Jose, right, uh, New Jersey, and they all lost those games in overtime. They had a power play in overtime against San Jose, couldn't cash in on that. Um, so I, I, my personal belief, they're not in the playoffs because their special team sucks. Justin Watkins, 5709000 is his number. Big hockey fan. He's in for legal talk as well. Battleborn injury lawyers. All right. The label on what's going on with Brittany Griner has changed. U.S. government says Brittany Griner is being wrongfully detained in Russia. What does that change mean? Well, I don't know why they why they labeled her as wrongfully detained. That could mean that she didn't have, you know, the the vape pen with the the residue that they're saying that she had. It could be that the detention under Russian law is is unlawful for what the offense is. They they weren't clear about why they categorized it as such. But from Brittany Griner's standpoint, it does not matter. It's just a, a blessing that they have put the put her in that category because what it means is it'll be referred to the office for negotiations. Actually, you know, they call it hostage negotiations, but it's it's for the return of people detained overseas. And they have sort of two categories, wrongfully detained and detained. And if you're wrongfully detained, you're a higher priority. And the negotiation um, is is going to be more direct and more immediate. So good news for her. What does that mean in timelines? I don't know, because typically when somebody's detained in Russia, it's not during a war in which we're applying political pressure. That being said, the office had just uh, secured the release of an American in Russia last week. So there is some precedent for getting people out of Russia on wrongful detentions. Yeah, I like the way you pointed out the confusion on wrongful detention. Did she do it, or is she being held for you know an extra long length of time without any recourse? Because uh, I do find it interesting that the WNBA is actually going to honor Brittany Griner uh, during all games with some sort of you know signage at the games. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Or are they now is that just the effort to try to push back on Russia and put pressure on them? Yeah, I mean, I think that's all it is, right? Okay. It's, I, I mean, well, unless they know something that we don't know. I mean, it, it, well, if they I, know, I actually, I, I hope they do, and that she's committed no crime. I don't know. Should the UFC too. put up some sort of honor to Cain Velasquez at their events? Right, exactly. I'm with I you. I mean, it's a I'm lot. What, what she's accused of is not what Cain Velasquez is accused of. Cain Velasquez shot at a guy, shot at the wrong person, went you know, for vigilante justice. We don't exactly know what she did. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there who think she's done nothing wrong. That's the case. I, I agree with you. I don't know if that's the case either. And, and you know, that would be important from a legal perspective. But I, I think at this point, the WNBA doesn't care about the legality. They're trying to make a PR campaign that helps put pressure and gets her out. Um, because whether she did it or not, and it's illegal under Russian law, clearly they don't think it's that big of a deal of, of an offense for a person, you know, some from from a morality perspective, they don't think it's immoral what she did, and therefore standing by her even if she did break Russian laws in in doing so. So, 
I, I think they're just about applying as much pressure as possible. I don't know if it'll be helpful or hurtful. I mean, I think the if Brittany Griner gets released, it's going to be through the executive office on, on negotiations. Justin, let's uh, have you stick around because we want to get to Trevor Bauer. You gave your stance on Trevor Bauer last week about MLB and whether MLB should be involved in the punishment. Oh, they're involved. He just got two-plus years. Trevor Bauer is down for two-plus years. Right now, that's how long the suspension is. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield and Company. Right back into it, Justin Watkins is with Cofield and Company. So, Justin, you've been pretty clear on leagues, sports organizations, not serving as the correction for the justice system, whether they agree or, or don't agree, they should not be involved. Uh, so what do you think of Major League Baseball on Friday? Two-year suspension on top of the, what, 99 games missed already for Trevor Bauer. I, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm surprised they took the stance. Uh, I mean, it, was, it seemed to be lauded by the public. They seemed to agree with it. I couldn't find anybody, or, or I shouldn't say anybody, very, very, very few on the fringe of social media coming to Trevor Bauer's defense. And well, I, think, I, get I, think, he, I think people are afraid because I yes. saw uh, John Heyman's a New York writer, and he's like, no one came to his defense. People aren't willing to stand up without knowing the facts because we don't know the whole story and say Bauer absolutely does not deserve this. Keep going, Justin. Yeah, and and I think that that's, that's part of it. I think that MLB is willing to sacrifice Trevor Bauer to never uh, he's, he's the perfect sacri- sacrificial lamb for good PR mm-hmm. with a fan base to show that they take domestic violence seriously uh, and so they don't get themselves in the crosshairs like the NFL has done over the years, especially because nobody particularly seems to like Trevor Bauer mm-hmm. yeah but but I, I mean the guy has not even been charged with a crime let alone, you know, uh, convicted of a crime. They, they've suspended somebody for two and a half years, more than two and a half years, under their domestic violence and sexual assault provisions when all of the legal authorities have determined that no domestic violence or sexual assault took place. It's it's broader than just you can, and you can't rely on saying well just because a prosecutor didn't prosecute the case doesn't mean it didn't happen because the level of proof is so high in criminal cases no 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 let's remember how this all started the first woman filed for a temporary restraining order for her safety and in that the the bar is different right? They don't have to prove that Trevor Bauer, in fact, committed these atrocities in order to get a temporary temporary restraining order, not a permanent, temporary restraining order until all the facts can come to light. Trevor Bauer and his attorneys jumped into that and said, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Here's all the evidence we have that this was all consensual. And the judge agreed. No temporary restraining order was issued. No permanent restraining order was issued. A criminal investigation took place. No charges were filed. And now we have a third woman whose story was, you know, I think 
you know, coincidentally timed for right after the suspension was was handed down by MLB to be released in the Washington Post. And they confirmed that she did, in fact, speak with, with MLB. And she says that she was choked to unconsciousness against her will and that there was anal sex while she was unconscious and she had never given consent on that. that those are her two allegations. And what Trevor Bauer's attorneys say is, this was a five-year-long relationship. This is the woman who introduced Trevor Bauer to choking during sex and this sort of violent sex. She is the one who introduced him to it and that they have hundreds of text messages over the course of the years, even after he broke off the relationship in 2019, of her soliciting this type of rough sex and continuing to try to re-engage Trevor Bauer into a relationship, which she doesn't deny. She admits that in the Washington Post article and just says that doesn't change the fact of what he did. Uh, I disagree. Um, if, if things like that were happening against your consent, your continual um, attempts to engage in and prolong a relationship imply consent to those sort of acts if you if you expect them to continue so i of course we don't know all the facts of course all this has been you know sort of secret um and and trevor bauer's attorneys and and trevor bauer say they're going to continue to honor the secrecy of the process but if this suspension is upheld on appeal uh by the independent arbitrator you can bet that Trevor Bauer is going to file a federal claim and you're going to bet that this what MLB had before it in order to make this decision will come to light and we will know whether or not you know the the public will decide did MLB get it right i i have a hard time imagining that they did this from a legal perspective i believe that they did it from a pr perspective uh damage wise if he misses out on like 80 million dollars in salary what uh, if he's out for the two plus years what can he get beyond the 80 million uh, it depends on, on on what the findings would be. You know, first off, the standard for overturning, if the arbitrator agrees with MLB and upholds the 324 games of suspension, uh, if the arbitrator agrees, in order to overturn an arbitrator, the burden of proof for Trevor Bauer is really high, right? He has to show bias or conscious disregard for the law and the facts, okay? And that almost never happens, but we have seen it happen in these situations. Um, But it is ultra, ultra rare. I'm going to say like a one in a hundred sort of opportunity, but Trevor Bauer has ultra, ultra rare amount of money and stake in fighting this because of what you just said. He's going to lose $80 million. So if, if this finds its way into a federal court and they're trying to overturn it and it ultimately is overturned, what could he get in addition to the 80 million? Well, 80 million and interest would be the first thing and interest would be significant uh, on, on money like that. The question is, would he be able to get any sort of punitive damages or punishing damages? It would have to have a really high level of proof that the arbitrator and MLB did this with malice and oppression for the purpose of specifically harming Trevor Bauer. And I think that would be really, really, really difficult to prove. Now we're talking 
you know, we were talking one in a hundred before. Now we're talking one in thousands of, of a chance of something like that. Justin Watkins is with us. Let's close on this one. Uh, what'd you make of the body found in a barrel at Lake Mead? <laughs> I bet you it's not our last. Right? <laughs> like, Crazy. I don't know, man. Yeah, just think about Vegas's past and, you know, uh, bodies found when, you know, they're building Summerlin. There's bodies in the dam, and I'm sure there's lots of bodies in the lake, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you get, huh? <laughs> uh, All right, we have, we have time for one more. So, uh, I don't know, Willie, Cofield, anyone else on Cofield and Company? Nate Hobbs, driving 110 miles an hour in a 65, got a $250 fine, gets to walk. Is that about what we would get? Um, well, I mean, I think yes, after you're detained, yeah, I think you're going to get detained. They're going to take you in anytime somebody's driving that kind of speed. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, um, if you didn't get in a wreck and you didn't hurt anybody, it's a reckless driving. Um, should we address that legislatively? Yes, I think we should. Will we? I bet you, I bet you, you will see attempts to do so. Whether or not it's ultimately successful, I can't say. We don't even know who our elected leader is going to be, right? Uh, ask me that question after November, and I'll give you a, you know, I'll, I'll try to handicap it. I will. I will do that. I will remember. All right. <laughs> All right, Justin. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. There he is, Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number up next. We talked to one of our hometown heroes, uh, undrafted free agent, but high hopes of making the NFL return specialist. Speedy, speedy guy, Savon Scarver from Centennial is now a Chicago Bear, and he's up on Cofield and Company. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. It's Hester trying to work it back to the middle. Gets past the first wave, and here he goes. It's Hester inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. And no flag, 92 yards. You're listening to Colton Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. You see what the Vast Sound crew just did there? That was, yep. Right? Tying things together. Devin Hester, Super Bowl. Massive touchdown return. Maybe the Bears have another guy like that. We've got a hometown hero who, uh, well, he did it to UNLV. He did it against UNLV. He was at Utah State and had a great high school career. And Savon Scarver is up with us here. He's a signee with the Bears. And, you know, we're thrilled for a lot of the local guys who are making it to the NFL and get their shot. What's up, Savon? How are you guys doing? I appreciate you guys having me on the show. So, Savon, uh, you know, you already know I've been bragging about you since Centennial Days. Uh, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's crazy that you, they put that sound up there for me because I have been saying for years, if you just give this kid a shot, he could be the next Devin Hester. And then I look up, and here you are signing with the Chicago Bears, man. I'm going to tell you what, take my journalist hat off. I could not be happier. It's cool to see the Gorman guys, but for a for a guy that let me shoot his cheetah cleats on the sidelines, I could not be happier for somebody. Ta- ta- take us through that day. I mean, I know you're watching the draft and what your expectations were, but to finally get that call. Uh, that day, it was a little hectic, you know, just being patient and sitting with my family and my friends, just waiting on that call. It, it felt a little crazy uh, when I did get the call because nothing really feels real yet. You know, it just feels all regular, but, you know, I'm just excited that I have the opportunity and that uh, – the Bears were, uh, you know, um, believed in me enough to pull the trigger on me. So, you know, I'm excited for what's next and this next step. 
It's a new start, so you know I'm just excited for what happens. And I think one of the one of the great things of the position that you are in, as far as you know, going into OTAs and camp, is that you know you you are a kick return specialist. You you you've you ran the ball. You've done some receiving, but you're, this is your specialty. This is right up your alley. And they've got some guys in there as well. But this is an area that you can thrive on. Do you feel confident in in going into camp that without any pressure of having to you know you're going to be competing against other guys, but that this this is this is your uh, wheelhouse right here. Uh yeah, I definitely know there's a, some gonna be some competition, but you know competition is is gonna push me to go harder, and I believe 100 percent my ability to uh you know return and and anything anywhere else they can use me because you know I'm listed as a returner, but I can play anything else they need me to play. But uh, you know I'm just gonna go in there with the mindset of just working hard and keeping my head down and just earning the spot. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I want to say your sophomore year was Ramondre's senior year. No, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, mm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You yes. Had, yes. Yes. So y'all had some time together. I remember the the game. He he opened up a playoff game at Gorman with a with an 80 plus yard run. Have you heard from uh, oh, yeah, from? Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard? Do you, you keep in touch with him? Obviously, you know with the Patriots. Have, have you heard from him or reached out? Um, now got 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 some centennial blood out there in the NFL. Oh uh, yeah, no, we definitely close. That's my boy. Uh, you know, he actually called me uh, when he found out that I got, you know, uh, the call from the Bears, and he let me know what was about to happen. But you know, it's nice to have somebody that I'm close with that's already at that level, uh, especially him because he had an amazing uh, year with the. Uh, New England Patriots, and I'm excited to see him and, you know, uh, see what he's going to do for the second year. But it's just feels amazing, you know, to be at that level with him now. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be up at that level with my boy. I want to take you to the, the, you know, back your senior year. Um, Utah State comes here and uh, to play in Allegiant in front of the home crowd. You know, it's one thing if you came home and, and you're playing out at Sam Boyd, but now playing in the in the Raiders Stadium, UNLV's home stadium, um, and you take that kickoff to the house, and it ties the all-time NC2A record with seven kickoff returns for a touchdown. Uh, man, that had to have been a shining moment for you. Oh, yeah, it really felt amazing just to do it here at home in Vegas. Um you know, especially I had all my friends and my family there, and it just felt crazy. You know, the stadium was electric when that happened, and, you know, I was just glad I was able to, you know, put my team on the board and contribute in some kind of way because uh, UNLV, they were playing us pretty good. So uh, it just it was a nice spark of energy, and it felt amazing to tie the record uh, in NCAA. But, you know, it felt, it's an honor to be up there and have my name in the book with uh, some honorable guys. Savon Scarver, former Centennial player, Utah State. We were just talking about uh, the Aggies and uh, his big return against UNLV. Did you feel like that game could have been a turning point for you guys this season? Because uh, you moved to 4-2 and two in that game. You were on the verge, potentially losing to a winless team, and then you guys just took off from there. Was that a turning point? Uh, no, not really a turning point. Because if you look at uh, our season from this past year, we started every game down uh, about yeah. 21 points. Okay. but. <laughs> you know, we uh, we uh, we just kept kept it uh, kept each other like close. You know, when people are feeling down, then everybody go pick them up. You know, we just stayed together. You know, uh, 
it proves by us winning a championship, first one in Utah State history, that you stay together, you know, and have your brothers back, that you can make anything happen. But no, specifically in that game, uh, uh, we felt we felt like they were coming out playing pretty hard. When they did, uh, I knew they were going to give us like their best shot, uh, judging from their record. But they're not a bad team at all. A record doesn't define a team, so we knew we were going to get their best shot. And uh, they did throw a couple blows. And you know, once we uh, recouped, came back out for halftime. No, we had to turn it on. And yeah, and, we got the outcome that we got. And Willie and I, you know, cover the Rebels a lot. And that was one of those games where your teammate Tompkins, Devin Tompkins, and the Rebels just couldn't stop him. Oh, yeah. Devin Tompkins is a beast. Should have been drafted. Most underrated receiver in the draft this year. Number one in the nation. But you guys are going to see what he has to say by his play and his actions down there in Tampa Bay. So y'all watch my boy, too. So uh, for the program, to you, what did Blake Anderson come in and change? You know, because it, it really the whole season was a turnaround from the year before when you guys, you know, struggled through injuries and the COVID season was, COVID season was rough. What did Anderson change? I mean, he, I feel like Coach A really just came uh, with the mindset of making uh, the team a family again because, you know, judging off of, like, what happened with COVID and uh, – the transfer portal being open, you know, there's a lot of things changing in the game and in the in the league uh, for the NCAA. So uh, he basically just came in and uh, just put, uh, came with the mindset of just making a team a family again. And everybody bought into what he was trying to do. And I feel like he gained our trust. He gained the team, the gained the team's trust. So uh, we got a good outcome from that. Savon Scarver up on Cofield and Company here on ESPN Las Vegas. Did you like Logan, Utah? Yeah, I love Logan. Logan yeah. was very, very, very like much of a culture shock yeah. in the sense of, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, being yeah. in the mountains, <laughs> being in the mountains and then uh being in a very, very state. Yeah. But it was it was really cool though. Um I like hiking. I found new things to do. I picked up different hobbies. All the people were cool up there, you know, and I loved uh the Utah State fans up there, because you know Logan is not really a big city. You can drive through it about five, five, six minutes. But, you know, I loved it up there, and I appreciate uh, Utah State uh, for giving me the opportunity to go up there and showcase my talent well, you and got a, the, uh, education. I was going to say, you got a lot out of it. I'll tell you one, one story about it being a small city. Man, uh, so I, I work uh, the sidelines, you know, with football and basketball, so I travel and go to the games. Dude, getting an Uber or a Lyft in Logan – it's like one of the most impossible things I've I, like. There's no drivers. Where where are they? It's crazy how small that place is. <laughs> yeah, we don't have Uber or Lyft up there in Logan. You know, we're up in the mountains. You know, it's, 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 there's not a lot of driving to do up there, or a lot of money to make even for Uber or Lyft drivers. There but you go. Yeah, it's definitely different up there. Well, for. for- football star from Centennial that's used to having the Centennial Arbor Canes bragging rights game for after, you know, the 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 the, the home turf for Arbor versus Centennial was that Canes and Centennial Hills. Did you at least have like a an a, 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 an after place for after home games to go to? Well, yeah, we uh, we would go uh, just like have gatherings at my teammates' crib, you know. Uh, well, I'll just chill with the teammates that would watch the films after the game. You know, and that was the fun for us. But, you know, uh, yeah, we have a little get-together and just, you know, express what we felt from the game. And, you know, that was basically that.
So let me ask you this, because you mentioned Devin, who who is absolutely a beast, and I caught a lot of crap on Twitter when, of course, because I'm always going to be bragging. Every all four of your years, I was bragging about you during the season. So the last year when you returned that, and I was saying the most electrifying player on this team just 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 sparked it, and of course, fans are like, no, 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 it's Devin Tompkins. But you brought him up. Uh, another local kid, Bellinger, gets uh, taken, and um, but the Mountain West representation in the draft or in the uh, undrafted free agent signings. Can you just touch on the talent and the Mountain West and how you've seen it grow in your time at Utah State? Uh, definitely. Um, Mountain West, people really don't show the Mountain West enough respect because uh, I believe football is football to, uh, everywhere. The same dimension, the same line, same amount of yards. Uh, and anybody could play football. Uh, you know, and there's – been many players from the time I got to Utah State uh, that were in the Mountain West that have gotten gone undrafted and gotten drafted. But you know, uh, talent is everywhere. It just takes uh, those scouts to go out there and find it. But I definitely say don't sleep on the Mountain West because they produce a lot of good players and a lot of underrated players. Savon Scarver's with us here on ESPN Las Vegas. What do you know about the Bears and what do you know about the Bears' history? Anything? Uh, I don't know a lot of the Bears' like history, but I mean, I have favorite players that play for the Bears, and one of them is definitely Devin Hester. Uh, you know, so I've watched. I used to watch his uh, highlights before my games. <laughs> so, and he was like my little hype hype video before the there game, get me thinking, trying to mimic some moves. But you know, uh, yeah, I, I know they've had a good history, and. Uh, I'm just more so just excited to go and learn, you know, going there with a fresh state of mind, um, no school or anything. I'm going to be free to just be an open book in there and, and, and learn from all the veterans in there and the coaches. So uh, I'm just blessed to have this opportunity. All right, Sayla, listen, two things before we let you go. Number one is I'm not going to let you go to Chicago without knowing the name Walter Payton. Make sure you look that up, <laughs> Google it, search no, it. No, I definitely okay. know Walter okay. Payton. Okay. Yeah, I definitely and, know him. And number two is <laughs> do not forget who never slept on you. I want oh, the geez. autographed cheetah <laughs> cleats. I want the cheetah cleats, man. I want a autographed. I want a two-willy. And, and, oh and when God. you return one, I want you looking in the camera saying, Willie. this is for my boy Willie back in Vegas. <laughs> cheetah cleats, baby. Hey, we could make, hey, make that happen. Because I have – the, the thing is, Steve I, – I told Steve during the break, what is my email? And my email has the word cheetah in it. And I have cheetah pictures all over my house. So I want the cleats, bro. I got you, really. We could definitely do that. <laughs> well, congrats on this. It's very cool. Uh, hope you make the team. Hope you have a great experience. And uh, let's catch up with you down the road, okay? Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. God bless you guys. There he is. Savon Scarver, going to be a bear. My guy. At Utah State has the record for touchdown returns in NCAA history. What, seven, seven. touchdowns? And he uh, he tied the record, set the record with uh, the game and against UNLV that, at the Owl. That's almost an average of two per season. That's crazy. Some will just it's a weapon. one in a career. It's a weapon. He's fantastic. And, and all levels of football have tried to cut down on that weapon, but the great one still can – can break through. Uh, Friday, we're going to be on the road. We're going to be at LV Ballpark. Love doing shows out there. We're going to be out there getting ready for UNLV and Hawaii. 
in a three-game series. Games go down Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Saturday and Sunday games, 105 and 12.05. Special rates if you buy all three games. You can buy your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. That's Ticketmaster.com. UNLV and Hawaii. The Rebels are one of the best-hitting teams in the country. Three-game series starting up this Friday at LV Ballpark.